Hey, if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food. First, did you hear about the runaway pig named Kevin Bacon? You would think it would be easy to find a missing 200-pound <laughs> pig. Guess again. He was gone for like a week, and they finally lured Kevin Bacon home with a sticky bun. <laughs> Second, Kev, I don't think there's a bigger fan of the movie Elf than you, nope. so you're going to love this. Brock's has Elf candy this year hey. based on the three food groups. So you Candy can get- canes, candy corns, and syrup. So you can get candy canes and flavors like Buddy the Elf maple syrup, world's best cup of peppermint hot cocoa, and cotton candy-headed ninny muggins. But I thought it was ninny wads on the movie. But anyway. That's ninny muggins. You're a cotton-headed ninny muggins. It's ninny muggins? Yeah, but the three food groups are candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. Right. But they're based, the candy is based on the three food groups. Mm. They had to be a little more imaginative than that. Mm. And they couldn't have the world's best cup of coffee candy cane. It's am I, am I a cup being of an, peppermint hot cocoa. Am I being an elf legalist? Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, in the world of food, do you decorate for Christmas super early? Get them up by November 9th and you could win $1,000 from Oreo cookies. They're having a contest for mm. early decorators. Well, and and you are not early decorator, right? No, I'm going to go maybe the weekend before Thanksgiving because my mom and my niece and nephew-in-law are coming. Oh, okay. But I don't... That is, that is early. Yeah, usually I wait till the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. That they, and you should. I went early last Bible. year, too, because some, something fun was happening. Hmm. So you decorated early. It was all Mm -hmm. good to go. Yeah. Hey, are you trying to help your kids be more thankful? Coming up, this may be just the tool that you need. Are you trying to help your kids be more thankful? This may be just the tool you need. It's the thankful pumpkin. And it's catching on with so many families. This author named Amy was looking for a way to teach her son, Noah, to be thankful. Okay. And, uh, you know, they used to do the go around the table. What are you most thankful for? And on a whim... She grabbed a pumpkin they had just gotten from a pumpkin patch and started writing things they were grateful for on it with a Sharpie marker. Uh, She said it was a great visual reminder of how blessed they are. And and her son loved watching the pumpkin fill up as they added to it every day. They even think back to um, pumpkins from years past. Well, recently when they adopted their 11-year-old son, Nathan, from, from China... He started adding to it, writing in Chinese. Huh. So it's really cool to see their what their pumpkin looks like. But I guess this is totally taken off. And families all over are like, oh, we're going to do a thankful pumpkin this year. Hmm. That is cool. All right, we, we've done the go around the table thing. Say what you're thankful for. I'm thankful for our house. Thankful for our dogs. Thankful for my And my wife goes, I'm thankful the boys are doing the dishes this year. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, what? <laughs> you remember I shared a, about a fiasco meal I made because I found my friends went whole 30. Oh, right. With yeah, like yeah. no notice. Yeah, and right. it was, oh, it was so bad. Mm-hmm. But I think I finally redeemed myself. I'll tell you about it in just a minute. So are you like me? Do you, uh, do you try to cook, but it's not always a success, especially I told the story recently on the show where I had like about 30 hours notice that my friends who were coming to for, as overnight guests had gone whole 30 and I tried to cook for them and it was, it was such a disaster. They ended up sending me an air fryer as a gift <laughs> <laughs> for hosting them. <laughs> I still haven't opened the air fryer yet, but I think I redeemed myself. I, uh, my niece has been in town. It's been so fun having her here visiting us. And so it, it also makes 
us spend more time with my sister, brother-in-law, and their daughter. One of their other daughters is off at of college, so it gets us all together. Because mm-hmm. Ariel's in town. Hey. Let's get together. And so I cooked a meal the other night, and I think I finally redeemed myself. It was a, a an Italian feast, and we had um, this stuff called eggplant carbonata. Um, it's from a restaurant that I've never been to, but I saw the recipe, and I was like, oh, that looks good. So we dipped bread in that as like the appetizer. So good. And then I made homemade pesto. And I did this recipe that's apparently really popular in Italy where you uh, you add some potato and some green beans Ooh, to the pasta and the, and the fresh pesto. Mm. And then I, I put some chicken meatballs in there too. And everybody was like, oh, this is so good. Which was really encouraging to have happen after the <laughs> fiasco that was the Whole30 meal. Right. It's kind of like... Uh... After you strike out, your next at bat, you hit yes, a home run. Yes, that's what happened. Redemption. I feels, I, I'm going to stop there. I'll never cook again. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about hits and misses in the kitchen. You had a triumph this weekend, redeeming yourself from the failure a, a week or so ago. Uh, I asked my wife, because on the weekends, we like to make pancakes and bacon or waffles and bacon. Nice. And um, I, I said, you, you always make the bacon. I'm terrible at it. I, I either have the pan way too hot or way too low. It's always a disaster. There's always smoke involved when I'm making the bacon. I said, will you please teach me how to make it? Because she makes it perfect. She's like, sure. Get out the big iron skillet, and I'll, I'll show you how to do it. So she puts it on a low flame, and she goes and sits down at the kitchen table and staring at her phone. <laughs> so I'm like... That's how she does five, it. Five, ten minutes goes by. I'm like, is it warm enough yet? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and put it on. I said, are you sure? And she goes, yeah. It's a, you just have to wait for it to get hot. So I start putting the bacon in one piece at a time. And right from the second I put it in, there's that like the sizzle. I was like, should it sound like this right away? Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Just go ahead and put it back on her phone. Five minutes goes by. It's on a very low flame. I'm looking at the bacon and shrinking up. Like, is it okay? It's fine. Still looking at her phone. Starts getting black around the edges. I'm like, Trace, I think you need to come take a look. Oh, okay. Yeah. We should, we should have probably flipped it a minute ago. I'm like, I'm asking you to teach me how to do this. And something on your phone is way more Maybe she doesn't want you to know so that her bacon is best. You guys make everything a competition. Hadn't thought of that. But I can tell you how you could come close to her bacon. You um, take a cookie sheet, put it in the oven with foil, and you bake it in the oven on a rack. Well, here's what we found out out with this particular bacon. It was phenomenal. Like the, the the black edge, it wasn't burned. It was the sugar had crystallized. It was mm. perfect. It was so, she's like, you doubted me. I was like, well, I doubted you because you're on your phone. She's like, I got this down. I'm telling you, I got it down to so a So now science. do you feel like you have it down for sure? Absolutely not. The only thing I learned <laughs> was put the pan on low and then stare at your phone. <laughs> <laughs> but she can do it without even looking. That's incredible. Okay, so my wife is very excited. We're having three of the four kids are going to be home for our Thanksgiving celebration. Um, And she's bought games. She wants everybody to have fun and be entertained. So one of them is like a puzzle game. But then the other one, I was like, honey, that's a frat boy game. Uh Uh-oh. It's basically beer pong. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that game, but it's where you take those red cups that are synonymous with drinking and you take a ping pong ball and you try to land it in the cup. But the difference is it will have gift cards or little gifts. You'll go like, no, I'll put chapstick in one and like a gift card in another. And it'll be fun. I'm like, honey, you're going to be playing beer pong with your kids without the beer. (laughs) She refuses it to call that. (laughs) 
She will not call it that. But I that's love what it is. that she has games for all the holidays for the kids, even though they're adults. Mm-hmm. She is so no, fun it's and like festive. Especially because they're adults. I remember the egg hunt, you know, mm-hmm. you guys have talked about oh, like, yeah, the yeah, epic yeah. stuff inside the eggs. <laughs> so Kevin was talking about some of the games his wife has plans for their adult kids mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. How would you like to spend Thanksgiving with someone famous? Does that sound fun to you? Hmm. I'll tell you who is inviting you to her house in just a minute. So how would you like to spend Thanksgiving with someone famous? How about lifestyle icon Martha Stewart? (laughs) She's 82 and she partnered with Booking.com to host a Thanksgiving inspired getaway for two at her farm in Bedford, New York. But get this. Martha is not sacrificing her own holiday. Yeah. You have to come stay with her before Thanksgiving mm. from Saturday the 18th to Sunday the 19th, all for a price of $11.23, which is Thanksgiving falls on oh, 11 okay. 23, even though you're celebrating okay. early. And she said, you know, you can just come hang out with her. Um, you can um, get a guided tour of the farm. You can uh, see her chicken coop and her gardens and well, her stables. Will she have, like Tracy does, will she have games? <laughs> you know what? Knowing Martha, she will. And she will have spent like three years, you know, building her own Making little herself. toy or cornhole or something. I painted my own Monopoly board. <laughs> <laughs> so my life has changed irrevocably. Something major happened in our house that has changed everything. Tell you what it was next. So do you ever have those moments in your life where nothing will be the same afterwards? I'm talking mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like marriage, birth of a child, uh, taking a new job, knowing this is a new career path. Big things like that. We had one of those things happen in our home uh, this uh, this past weekend. We took a trip to Germany, visited the Black Forest, and they're known for, amongst other things, uh, making of cuckoo clocks. And my wife had to have a cuckoo clock. And it was shipped and it arrived it was hung and it's operational now in my house. My life has changed forever. Did you tell us when you told us it was coming in the mail that mm-hmm. it was going to go off every 15 minutes? It's, I was wrong. It's half that. It's every half hour. Okay. So at the half hour, it goes cuckoo. And then I did. Hey, Griff, I just sent you a video. Can you get it up on the wall for me? Uh, I have sound of our cuckoo clock. I'll play it for you in just a couple of minutes. But every hour, cuckoo, cuckoo. It counts the hours? (laughs) Yes. So if it's three hours, it's three cuckoos. If it's uh, 12, you get 12 full-on cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoos. Does it wake you up? So far, it has not. It's in our kitchen. uh, And and placement was something, too, because it's got these long chains. And Tracy wanted to hang it over our kitchen, like our counter area, Mm -hmm. like a little island thing. And when I read, I was like, it's not going to go here, hon. You got to have six to seven feet of clearance. Whoa. Yeah, so you got to hang it high. So uh, it's it's where I had suggested in our little breakfast nook area. Um, But yeah, every... how are those five dogs reacting? Dogs, first time it went off, kind of looked at it with their heads tilted. Now they don't even notice it. Really? Tracy, every time it goes off, looks at me and smiles. Now, Aww. granted, it's still new. It makes her that happy? It's still new. That's but sweet. Yes, it has made it has made her, I feel like it has made her life complete to have this thing in our house. Because it reminds her of her childhood, I think right? so. I'll play Aww. it for you in just a minute so you can experience what my life is like now moving forward. I'll have that for you next. So we're talking about uh, how my life has uh, changed forever uh, because we got a cuckoo clock. Here you go. Here's what it's going to sound like in my house every 
Every half hour, it gets one cuckoo. I think this is, uh, this might be 10 or 11 o'clock. <laughs> Drives me. Cuckoo. Cuckoo. <laughs> yeah, that was 11 o'clock. Wow. And do you have to wind it every night? That's a lot. Uh, well, winding it, you you pull the chains down. It has weighted like pine cones. Are, okay. Or what keeps the mechanism going forward. So, yeah, you've got to. Pull those down. I don't know how often we have to do that. but I love yep. that this, it just so highlights the power of nostalgia. Because mm-hmm. Tracy's parents had one when she was growing well, up. And yeah, that's why she yeah. wanted one. And guess what? I remember my grandparents had one. Really? Yeah, yeah. And I said, I think I might be blending memories here. Like my grandparents' clock and your parents. Was your mom's cuckoo on the cuckoo clock like a greenish color? And she said no. So I said, okay, that was my grandma's. Huh. My grandparents had one. All this German yeah. heritage in you guys. Well, we don't have a we don't have a drop of German blood on my oh. on my grandparents' side. They just liked it, I guess. Yeah, maybe it was a thing back in like the fifties or sixties to get a cuckoo clock. I don't know. Maybe, but I know we're cuckoo for cuckoo clocks. My favorite part <laughs> of this whole story is that Tracy smiles every time it goes off. Every time, That's so sweet. Like we were sitting there watching it, watching a show last night, and the half hour thing went cuckoo, and she looked up and went, "That's great, isn't it?" Aww. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> this is your guaranteed between a good mood story of the day. Good news. You know the feeling of cheering your kid on in sports? This is one no one's ever going to forget. This kid nicknamed T with special needs made a half court buzzer beater at a high school basketball game in Arizona. It was part of the school's unified sports program where kids with special needs get a chance to play with other students. The crowd went nuts. It's one of those moments everyone's going to remember fondly. The whole community was thrilled for this kid. Go T. What a great moment. Coming up in just a minute, a mom reveals her secrets of how to raise your first baby like it's your third. Hey, do you remember all the anxiety and excitement when you became a mom the first time? It's a lot to adjust to. Well, there's a mom named Caroline. She now has three kids and she wishes she could have been as relaxed with the first baby as she is now with a third. And she said it's so much better because you've been there. So she came up with some secrets on how to raise your first baby like it's your third. Hmm. First tip, okay. make date nights and time with your husband a priority. She said it's okay to go get a sitter. Hmm. Second Try not to take your mom's stress and exhaustion out on your husband. Third, don't save up for all your chores for nap time. Fourth, what Caroline says is the most important phrase in parenting. This too shall pass. (laughs) She said, remember, everything is a phase. And the final tip uh, to raise your baby like it's your third, learn to laugh it off. Hmm. That's some good advice. That's really good advice. I, I particularly like what she said about going out. That, uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that you night. need to make that a priority. Yeah. I can still remember when when we had our first Kyle, the first time Tracy and I went out uh, without him. Well, I'll tell you that story in a little bit. Would love to hear from other people. Was it a big deal for you to have that first date without you know leaving your newborn or your child with someone else? How did it go? So can you remember the first time you went out on a date after your first child came along? It can be traumatic, especially for the mamas. We'd love to hear your story. So we're talking about when kids came along and the first time you went out on a date, you and your better half without the kids, especially for mamas. It can be traumatic. 
just getting them to go out the door. Okay, they'll they'll review everything. So you got the bottles, you got the diapers, you got the wipes. Um, you got that. They they like this toy, but not that toy too much. So try that one for right. Endless instructions. Meanwhile, the husband's like looking at his watch, going, "Can we just go?" Now, for my wife and I, when our, our first came along, it was Kyle, our son. Uh, our first date without him was going to be an overnight. We were going to see Ooh. it. We were going to a concert in another city, right? So um, we were living in Baltimore. The concert was in Richmond, Virginia. So like two, two and a half hours away. So we go. We check into the hotel. We go to the show. Have a great time at the show. I can tell Tracy's distracted, like, you know, a little not 100% there. But I'm like, that's okay. It's a first, yeah, first time it's out. We go back to the hotel room. I go, all right, I'm going to brush my teeth and call it a night. I come out from brushing my teeth and she's still dressed, sitting there with her suitcase, like not packed, but still unpacked. <laughs> she goes, I want to go home. I, wanna, I don't want to. So we packed everything up and checked out and drove all the way home. <laughs> Aww, she just couldn't bear to be away from him overnight. Could not take it. Not wow. Not ready for it. Too was, soon. What? Who was taking care of Kyle? Was that part of the problem? No, it was her. Uh, her mom and dad. Oh, yeah, they were in, in great hands. So uh, it was mm. a lesson learned for me, though, of being a new dad. That was too much, too soon. Yeah. Maybe we should have done Applebee's first, you know, or something <laughs> like that, rather than yeah, baby a, steps. Right. Rather than no taking the intended. deep plunge of oh. Let's go spend the night and go to a concert. Probably not the best idea. So do you have a story like that? We'd love to hear it. David, we're talking about that first time you went on a date after kids came along where you left the kids in the care of someone else and you went out to have a good time with your better half. You have a story for us? I sure do. Let's hear it, buddy. I was a avid runner back then and we had this, I had decided with somebody to do a race um, in another state and we're going to spend the weekend. And as... It kept getting closer. I kept asking my wife, are you sure you're good with this? And she said, yeah. Okay. So we all rented the cabin, and it was like three hours away to where I was racing at. And um, the baby's born, and he's going to be two months old. And um, as the day kept looking and kept getting closer, I kept asking her, and she's like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> she and started I finally getting told her, wishy-washy. She did, and I told her, I said, hey, we discussed this the whole time. Um, we've already, um, you know, made reservations. We've got plans with two other couples, and I'm going. <laughs> and so the, the night before we left, she finally said, okay, I'll go. She cried the whole way up there. <laughs> and um, afterwards, she was fine, but that whole way up there, she cried. Oh, but Aww. once she got with the other couples, she she settled in and was okay. Right. Finally, after you know, after everybody got there, and got going. Think for a minute about one of the things, just one of the millions of things you've done for your kids just to keep them happy. Mm. Um, it's endless, right? Especially oh, yeah. as a mom and dad, oh, it's the most yeah. self-sacrificing thing you can do is be a parent. And uh, my niece Ariel has been a foster mom to seven children, and they thought they were mostly going to just take, you know, like. Three, four, five-year-olds, they, they got bunk beds. They were ready for that age group. And the social worker, after taking in two little girls, birth mom had another baby. And the social worker convinced uh, she and her husband had taken this sweet little three-day-old baby boy. Wow. And he added so much love and so much joy to our family. We still miss him so badly. He went back with his mom, his biological mom. But um, one of the things that he loved for breakfast was bananas. 
I mean, he every morning was nana, 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 nana. And that, that doesn't mean grandma. That his meant banana. his banana. <laughs> and so my niece, in an effort to keep baby happy and give him his healthy little aspect of his breakfast, and that's having a banana, she had to space out the bananas on her countertop. Because I, I learned from her that bananas will ripen each other. So she would have way over on this side of the counter in their little townhouse, she had the green ones. Hmm. In the middle were the ones that were starting to ripen. Mm -hmm. And way over here on this counter, she had the ones that were ready to eat. And she had to keep them in a constant rotation rotation (laughs) so that every morning, the Mm. little baby boy, Nana, 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 got his banana that was the perfect ripeness that he was expecting. (laughs) I was like, man, that is next level parenting, foster parenting, Ariel. What a sweet little spoiled moment so he could have what he wanted. I saw there was a... A grocery store along those lines, and I think it might have been in Europe, they package the bananas. They don't sell them in a bunch. They put them in like one of those cellophane wrap things, mm-hmm. and they have different levels of ripeness when you buy them. All so the like same. A, a couple are ready to eat, a couple are almost there, and a couple are green. And if you learn from my niece, you got to separate them once you get home, because hmm. otherwise they'll ripen each other too fast. Did you keep a diary when you were a kid? Coming up, wait till you hear this latest trend. Did you spend time as a kid writing... Dear diary, have you heard the latest TikTok trend? People are reading their diaries out loud to the tune of more than 17 million views for the hashtag reading my childhood diary. Uh, Here's what, what one lady said. I want to be on Glee and Broadway so bad, I can't deal with it. I've already planned out what my first episode will be. And we're going to sing anything you can do, I can do better. (laughs) That was her writing in her diary as a kid. Wow. Reading out loud now as a grown woman. Some of the entries are super funny and bring a lot of nostalgia from the past. But psychologists are weighing in, saying the cringeworthy, embarrassing moments can give you a good laugh. But just be aware that some of the experiences are reminding people just are, you know, they're tough to relive. Hmm. And they're reminding people to be kind to yourself as you relive those past mistakes and tough situations. Hmm. Sounds like the lady that posted that she wanted to be on Glee mm-hmm. on Broadway. Yeah. So as a child, she wanted a lot of attention, didn't achieve that. So now she'll get it through TikTok. She'll read about it. <laughs> I didn't get on Broadway, but I went viral. It's kind of the same thing, right? <laughs> there you go. So do your kids ever get a hold of your phone? It's unlocked. And you find a little surprise <laughs> once you get back on it yourself. We're going to hmm. talk about that next. So when was the last time you had your phone unlocked or maybe your kid figured out your code yet again mm-hmm. and you got back to your phone and there was a surprise, like a photo or something changed? That happened to my sister and she hasn't figured out how to change it back. <laughs> so here's the deal. You know how your device has a name? And if it, especially if it's an Apple product, it carries through to like your phone, your watch, everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's named. that. That's the name of the device. Well, her daughter, teenager, teenage daughter, renamed her device Spicy Mama. (laughs) So I was with her the other day and she started giggling and I'm like, why are you laughing? She goes, oh, because like I have my my rings, my goals set really low for activity. And so I can feel good about myself. And it just said, way to go, spicy mama. You closed your rings or finished your goal, whatever it says. That's awesome. And I thought that was so funny. And then the other thing she got into is now that her big sister is in another state off at college, she renamed the chat with mom, dad, and her 
that lets them know things like, hey, dinner's ready, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. She calls it favorite child group chat. (laughs) 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 She renamed it. So I just thought that was the funniest thing. So what is your kid done on your phone? Like photos you found or things that got renamed? We'd love to hear from you. Hey, Debbie, it's Kevin and Taylor. So how about you? Have you ever left your phone unlocked or the kids figure out the code and they change something on you? I sure have. And they would do it quite often. It was either a funny picture, but the um, the worst one was when they put everything in Spanish. And so I couldn't read anything on my phone and I didn't know how to, to get that changed back. It took me a long time. Oh, that's pretty mean. <laughs> Uh-huh. Great story. I know, I know. Well, I appreciate you guys. Oh, thanks. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you later.